nature and my very first thing to do in the mornings is just get alone with God. Well, before I do that, I have to go walk Rex, the wonder dog, who is a German shepherd. And the other day I was, I was opening the door and I always say, stay with me. And he does. And then he allows me to put a harness on him. And I don't, I don't just put any kind of a little flimsy little thing on that guy. It looks like I'm pulling a goat or something with this rope. It's so thick. But I put the harness on him. And I was thinking the other day, you know, in life, I should be more like Rex. He is just amazing. He is, he, he submits to me. He, that's by, um, he, you know, he could dart out at any second and take my head off and, and do whatever he wanted to do. But he submits to me. He is loyal he is alert. He is always looking at us like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he will get between us and any kind of danger that he perceives. I mean, he will, he'll scare you to death if, he's, if, he comes, if you come up on our porch because he's, he's ready to guard us and take care of us. He uh, is just the most, um, I don't know, there's something in his eyes. He's alert. He is always uh, aware of everything going on around him, but he's scared of nothing. He is scared of absolutely nothing. I've seen him just fly right in and get skunked <laughs> in, yeah, late at night, uh, except he is scared of the robovac when, you know, when it's going around the house for sure. But as I was thinking about these wonderful attributes of Rex and I was thinking about uh, what all that that I would like to be in this world, I promise you this happened. What came into my head instead was one of those white fluffy dogs, you know, the kind that Paris Hilton would carry around in her purse. Be nice. <laughs> Entitled and spoiled, high maintenance, scared of everything. I know you see it. You know, I've, I feel like I'm going through life right now, kind of like I went through the very last haunted house that I went through and will ever go through again. And let me just stop and say right here, if you're one of those people, if you are a haunted house kind of person or a scary movie or you like dolls even, you are wrong for that. There's just something, there's just wrong. So, I, amen, I see. Um, I am a seven on the Enneagram, so I do not want to miss anything. And so when a group of people say we're going to a haunted house, I am in. And my husband is over here going, uh-uh, this is no, you, I, this is not going to go well. No, I'll be fine. I promise, I promise, I promise. So we paid 20 stupid something dollars for the tickets, and here we go. So we step into the first room, and it's dark, and I'm like, okay. And then this guy comes up with the mask and the chainsaw. So I grabbed the back of my husband's shirt. I did this. And I pulled it totally around me. I was plastered up against his back, screaming bloody murder. Whew. And he was not happy. He was fussing at me the whole time. So here he is dragging me through, dragging me through, and he's fussing. And not only did we walk through, but you know you have to climb steps and you have to crawl through some spaces. I never let up. I'm on his back the whole time. And so I thought later that probably the spooks that were jumping out at him took one look at him and took off because it was like, really? Not going to deal with that guy. But I do. Don't you feel like sometimes that that's how we're doing God right now a little bit? We're just kind of wrapping around and just hiding our eyes and just, it's just, 
everything's just too much, a little bit too much. Just tell me when I can open my eyes and when I can come out and, and everything's going to be all right. The truth is, I'm a child of God. I've been bought at a price that was just something I could never do, will never be able to do, never be able to repay. I'm, I'm not worthy of it, but I have it. The Bible says, in fact, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that within this earthly vessel, as pitiful as it can be sometimes, I carry around a treasure within me, a treasure within this jar of clay, it's called. And in that treasure, I have been given gifts. I have been empowered. I have been given and equipped with everything that I need to do what God has entrusted me to do on this earth in the name of Jesus. I'm an adopted child of God. I've been forgiven. I am saved. And now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, same thing. You are in Christ in Christ Jesus, then it's time for us. You and I need to start looking for the treasure within us. What is available to us instead of comparing and looking at what's right in front of us? We do that. We look at when anything happens, we start looking at our own resources. We start looking at our own abilities. We start looking at ourselves. And you know what else we do? We start comparing. Oh, if I just was just like her. Oh, but if I had their money, mm -hmm, yeah. If I had a little bit more of this or whatever it could be, whatever it is. Or, this is a big one, if this, this would just go away. If this problem would just go away. If this hurdle would just go away. Well, this morning we're going to look at a very familiar story. It is where Jesus was dealing with his 12 closest followers. We call them disciples, apostles, followers. And we are going to look at, from their perspective, of a, an incident that they dealt with when they also looked inside and what they had was not enough to deal with it. You know, sometimes you, every time where you turn, everything you look at, you read, you see, you listen to, or whatever, you keep getting the same message. And like I said, this is a familiar story. People who have never been in a church building know this story. And so when I kept hearing it over and over, my ears start, started perking up. In fact, Chris Lindsay used it last week in his devotional talk. And I was like, well, all right, confirmation. So if you've heard this before or heard it lately, I just want to confirm to you that you need to hear this. So I want you to turn in your Bibles, in your phones. We don't have anything on the screen today. I want you to see some things for yourself because, like I said, since this is a familiar story, I am praying that God's going to enlighten the eyes of our hearts, that he's just going to illuminate some things that maybe you've never seen before. I know he has with me. Starting in verse 1, chapter 9 of Luke, I'm going to be reading from the ESV. If that helps you on your phone, you can. Aren't they wonderful instruments? Verse 1, and he, Jesus, called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. In verse 6, he says, and they departed and went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. 
In verse 10, he says, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. Verse 11, When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them. Put a footnote there. And spoke to them as of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. You know, as Jesus went anywhere, anywhere he went, he collected a crowd. Uh, But this crowd got huge really quickly. You know, I think about the people that were in that crowd that day. They may not have even thought about him being the Messiah. Maybe they considered it. But you know what they did know about Jesus is that everywhere he went, what happened everywhere he went? Well, it's just us. We're not being filmed today. It's just us. We're just, it's, yeah, we're easy today. What happened where Jesus went? What happened? People were healed. And they, the blind could see, the deaf could hear, the lame could walk, and dead people came alive. People's lives changed. And when they saw him, they followed. Verse 12. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. Verse 13, but he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. Verse 14, look at this. For there were about 5,000 men, which you know you've heard before, if there's 5,000 men and they've got women and children, That's a lot of people. And he said to his disciples, have them sit in groups of about 50 each. Do you not marvel at at how that even happened? Here, I'm speaking, y'all, there's just a few of us, I'm amplified. And I mean, you know, that they got all of these things done. It it gets done even without all of this, doesn't it? Uh, Verse 16, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to the disciples, to set before the crowd. Verse 17, and they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. So our lesson is what was not enough turned into an overflow. There was a multitude that had a need. There was a lack And it had to be filled. Now, you and I, like I said, so familiar. Everybody knows. So when we concentrate on this, what is the miracle? You tell me. What is the miracle that we always concentrate on here? What? It's not the feeding that these people got fed. That was a huge miracle there. But I want today for you to look at it from a different perspective. I want you to look at it from the perspective of the 12 men who were following Jesus. And I want us to relate as followers of Jesus who got up on a Sunday morning and came to a skating rink. And I want us to look at this from our perspective, looking at this story. There's another way that this story is told in the book of Mark. I love the Bible because it just keeps filling in the gaps. It just keeps filling in the the puzzle pieces. If you want to know about Revelation, go study Daniel. If you want to know about Jesus, go look in the Old Testament at the prophets. If you, there's, there's just, I could go on and on and on about that. You cannot ever, if, if we study scripture until the day we die, it's always going to be something that's going to be an ah 
moment, putting everything together. And the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just give us a different perspective. And I love it because every once in a while, they'll give us a little nugget that we didn't have from this story, just kind of filling in the blank. That happens in Mark chapter 6. You don't have to go there. I'm just going to tell you about it. But Mark chapter 6 talks about the same story. And he's got the same guys going out. But this time, Mark says they were sent out two by two. And I love this part. Mark 6, chapter 30. uh, Mark chapter 30. (laughs) Hello. Mark 6, verse 30, says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And then in verse 31, I love this. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. So did you catch that part? Did you catch that? So Jesus was interested, yes, in how diligently they had done their assignment. And obviously they had going, going back and forth, coming and going, he said. In fact, he saw they were tired. He saw they were exhausted. And he saw that they had not even eaten. I don't want you to miss that part. Obviously, Jesus was concerned about them. And I want to tell you something. As people who carry this treasure around in these jars of clay, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we've been given an assignment, you and I have. We've also been sent out into the world. We also go in the name of Jesus. You and I uh, are ambassadors of Christ. You've heard that before. We are to be the aroma of Christ in this world. To those who don't believe it's it's foolishness, they don't want any part of us. We stink to them. We are to be salt and light in this world. And Paul, in his writings, his letters, he said, we are his best letter. He was talking to the followers of Jesus. And he said, I can write this down all day long. I can send them out. People can talk about it and read it. But you living this out... That's my, that's my best letter. You know, your assignment may be around a boardroom table. And you may be the one that's going to have to hold up integrity. You may be the one that's going to have to speak honesty into a situation where you see people wanting to waffle off where they don't need to be going. You may be a mother of small children or teenagers or young adults. And we are trying, all of us, to raise these kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord while we're keeping all the balls in the air, getting them to every practice, getting them where they're supposed to go, feeding them. They eat all the time. They keep eating. And you've got to make sure they got clothes that, you know, where, where's this? i got to have this. i got to do this. That's, don't you ever let anybody tell you that that's not ministry. Your marriage is a ministry, your marriage is a ministry, and that's a whole nother lesson. We'll do a whole nother day. But if you think about, if you treat your marriage as a ministry, then that's going to take care of everything. It's just going to take care of everything. The point is, you don't have to be on a church staff. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to be a church leader to be in ministry. So, how are you handling your assignment? How are you handling your assignment? God's been working on me. Uh, looking back in Luke 9, I want you to look, again, just, just pull that up so you can see it because we're going to look at some specific verses. We saw the first thing that Jesus did in this assignment. He called them. 
He called them, which meant that the disciples at that point had to make a decision. Am I going to just lay down what I'm doing for today? Am I going to be willing to be interrupted with my agenda? Am I going to, by an act of my will, yield to the control of another person and do what Jesus calls me to do? What about my desires? What about what I want to do? Well, they had to make a decision, and they said yes. They said yes, they would do it. And then it is said, he sent them out in his name. He sent them out in his name. Now, they were with Jesus in the flesh. And we sit there, you know, we can sit here and look, we're going, oh, yeah, but they're with Jesus. Come on. I mean, you know, they're sitting there, Jesus is telling you to do something, you're going to do it. Well, you and I today are the recipients of after Jesus died on the cross, what he did when he went to heaven The Holy Spirit came to this earth to be our guide, to be the one, He, our inspiration, our teacher, to lead us and to make sure that we are in line with exactly where we're supposed to be with God, the spirit of truth, the helper. helper. That's what Jesus told his, his followers. They were very sad when they found out he was leaving. But he said, hey, I've got to go. I've got to go so the spirit of truth can come. So today, you and I have the spirit living in us. The spirit is on us. The spirit is around us. And I'm telling you, you and I have got to be so aware of that. You know, the whole, there's, there's a new term everywhere I look. Everybody's talking about it. There's because, I, I guess, COVID and just what all the stuff going on, there's a lot of anxiousness. And so the, the term is to be mindful. Have y'all heard that? It's, you got to be mindful. In other words, try to forget what's going on around you and just concentrate right now. I'm breathing. I'm okay. I'm fed. All, all of the, just being mindful and aware. Well, it's the same thing with God. Being mindful and aware is putting up your daily antenna. It is ready that you are ready to be interrupted with your agenda, with whatever it is that you have for whatever, that you would be ready to do whatever God calls you to do. And it may just be a mundane thing. It doesn't have to be this major big thing. I know after studying this, as I'm walking and and praying, it's almost like, okay, God, I'm showing up for duty. I'm here, and I'm always ready and willing. And, of course, then I go home, and that all falls apart, but I I do try. Um, But in Luke chapter 9, I do want you to see he called them, and then it says he gave them power and authority to complete the assignment. He gave them power and authority to complete the assignment. He showed them supernaturally what they could do because of him. But we all feel like that there are times we're called into an assignment, and it is way over our pay grade. <laughs> it, is, it is beyond our gifts and our talents to do so, Sometimes it's like learning a new language. Sometimes you get into situations, it's like, Lord, how did I get here? I remember when Michelle Hayslip was here, when they were talking about their front porch ministry, she said something. I just wanted to stand up and say, did everybody hear what she just said? That God calls us sometimes to serve disproportionately to who we are. 
Have you? Do you feel that way? I, 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 I'll just tell you it. And again, this this is a long, long, long story. I'm just going to put two or three sentences. But I was not able to have children. I always wanted to have a family, husband, children, the whole bit. Do, do that, and I wasn't able to. And just going through years and years and years and years of that was was tough. We were able to adopt, and the child we adopted was very difficult and has brought us a lot of pain. And it's been hard, and that assignment has been tough. And some of you know personally what we've dealt with. But I pray for him every day. I pray that people will put God in his path, that he will remember. I remember on August 10th, when he was 10 years old, he fell in love with Jesus and wanted to be baptized. I go back to that time, and I think about that, and I pray about that. But the assignment has been, y'all, I don't know his language, even when we're talking. I, I don't even know how to talk to him. I, You know, go, be like me, you know, <laughs> and he sees a little white fluffy dog, you know, you know, he, you know, <laughs> that's what, you know, he thinks I'm Pollyanna. I mean, he just thinks I'm not of this world and I'm not of this world. I'm of this world, but not, I'm in this world, but not of this world. And, and we, we don't relate on any of that, but, but that's what I'm called to. Well, the irony is now his son is now living with us. And it's like, oh, and, you know, you don't think that doesn't bring up stuff going through the young adulthood and all that kind of stuff. It's a tough assignment. And I am on my face and on my knees constantly about this. It's tough. So I know some of you have been called to something hard. I know you have. I get that. And you may be the richest, most talented person in the room, but if you're trying to do all of this stuff on your own, you might succeed, but you're not going to succeed with the supernatural power that's available to us to keep moving and keep going. And if we do it in our own power, you know, we'll get the glory. God doesn't get the glory when we do that. So, what I love about as we go on and look at, at the scriptures and understand that God understands this. He understands that you've been trying, you've been working, you've been going as much as you can, and you're tired. And I know some of you are exhausted. I know some of you are exhausted right now with some of the things that you've been dealing with. You've been trying as hard as you can. You've been intentional. You're not perfect, but you've been trying. You've been pouring into your marriage. You've been giving it everything you've got. You've been wrestling with something for years and years, been praying about the same thing over and over. You've gone to counselors. You've gone to books. You've gone to people. You're looking, you're looking, you're looking with what's right in front of us. But we have the supernatural power given to us by the God who made the universe to equip us, to change us, to show us, to provide for us. And as Steve was talking about last week, we are, we're out of control with this. Do y'all realize that? But because we, we want to preempt, we want to push things along, sometimes we do things before the timing is right. And we have to wait on God. We don't, I, I don't wait very well. 
I know that's hard for us. But when we, and sometimes I know if you look in the, in the Bible, in Hebrews 11, some of the things that people were praying for never saw things to fruition. And I'm thinking, Lord, give me, give me just a little glimpse here. Let me, let me just have a little hope here about what you're doing. But he understands. He understands that. The good news is that when he notices that you are tired, when he notices that you have been giving it all you've got, he doesn't say to you, well, go away. Just go away. I can't use you right now for that assignment. No. What did he say? What did he say? He said, come away with me. Come away with me. Jesus cared about his followers, and he cares about us mentally and physically, and emotionally, and he's got us spiritually, but he cares about us in every way. So they follow Jesus, and here they go. They're tired. Get the picture. They've come back. They've given an accounting. They're tired. They haven't eaten, and they're going away with Jesus. I'm thinking they're thinking, oh, good. Give me a blanket on the hillside. Just just let me rest just a second. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Here comes the crowd. Here comes the crowd after. And don't you know they turned around and, and it was like, great, really, this multitude? And doesn't it work out that way sometimes? You just feel like, I've had all I can deal with. And now I've got to feed 15,000 people. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. But what a lesson they're about to learn when Jesus takes what little they had and makes it into more than enough. So I'm going to give you encouragement today. If you've got a multitude pressing in on you, your kids, your finances, your health, your job, your marriage, whatever is weighing you down, whatever it is, that means we got to take what little we got and we got to speak Jesus. We got to speak Jesus. We got to speak Jesus. That's what I really wanted. Thank you for doing that song today. I really wanted that song. That has spoken to me so much. It means you take your hope your faith, your trust, whatever little bit you've got, and you put it into the hands of the Almighty God in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit because nothing is impossible with him, y'all. Nothing is impossible with him. I don't care what it is. So in verse 12, I want you to look at this. So what did the followers of Jesus want to do with this multitude? Tell me what, what it says in verse 12. <laughs> he said, they were like, oh, you know, Lord, we can't do this. Send them away. Send them away. You know, what, what struck me, these are the same guys that had just gone out and healed and, and spoken with authority and done all these wonderful, great things. And then they get this multitude and they're looking at Jesus saying, oh, we can't do it. We're done. Just send them away. Just send them away. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that exactly what we do? (laughs) We don't just say it. We pray it. And we sing it. It's not, we're not enough. Lord, move that mountain. Move that mountain. Part that sea. I don't have enough. Burden's too great. We pray away what has been given to us to press us into trusting God, to press us into leaning on Him and do what only He can do supernaturally to his glory. We sing about making the seas into highways. 
We want the walls to fall down, but we don't want to be in those situations. We just want it to happen. So what did Jesus tell them to do then in verse 13? Did he send them away? What did he say do? You give them something to eat. And I'm sure they were like, uh, all righty, what you got? What you got? Uh, we've got, okay, Lord, we got five loaves and we got two fish. Here's what we got. But then they put them in the hands of Jesus. And it says that he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. And he blessed it. And he told the people, get ready. Tell them to get ready to receive. I'm about to, I'm about to hand it out. Tell them to get ready to receive it. I would have said, hey, y'all, watch this. <laughs> just keep on giving it out. I just, I just would like to, I probably would have stood there and just watched him multiply that. Just is amazing. And the people ate and ate and ate, and it says they were satisfied. I love that that word was put in there. Because have you eaten a meal before, and you are stuffed, but you ain't satisfied? And you say, oh, I wish I had something salty, or wish I had something sweet, you know, I, I know my husband just laughs because every time we go to the movie, I don't care if I've eaten a 12-course meal. I will eat popcorn. Yeah, I, that set that. then I'm satisfied. And when they went around picking up all the leftovers, guess how many baskets were left over? There were 12 baskets left over. Maybe, perhaps, a doggy bag for each of the followers of Jesus just to remind them of the overflow and grace of God. Band, y'all can come on back up. This morning, I want to do something. I want to, I want to do something. It's just, like I said, it's just us this morning. Um, I'm going to pray for you because I know in a group that you or someone you love or someone you know about, some situation you know about, something maybe you've been dealing with for years and years and years and years. I want to pray about that, a crushing burden you've been carrying around or something you're trying to make a decision about, whatever it is, but you are tired. You are exhausted with it. So we're going to pray about that, and we're going to take our prayers and put them, our little prayers. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm just an instrument. I'm just speaking these things, but we're going to take these prayers, and we're going to put them into the hands of an almighty God who cares. He's got his eye on you. He knows. He's waiting for you to trust him with it, with your loaves and fish, into his mighty hands. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or raise your hand or any of that kind of thing. I'm just going to ask you that you will pray. Uh, shepherds, I'm going to ask you, just if you'll just kind of surround us as we're praying, and if you want to go pray with the shepherd during this time, that's fine. I'm also going to be realistic and tell you something. It's hard when somebody's up front praying to stay with them. I've been there all my life. I get it. I try, and my mind will go off on lunch or what I'm going to do this afternoon or whatever. We've all done that. I've gone to sleep when I've prayed myself, <laughs> so I get it. So I'm going to give you permission. You know what? If you're tired, if you just need to sit there and close your eyes, go ahead and take a little nap. Just don't be like the guy in a staff meeting I was in one time, not here, but uh, who started snoring. Just you know, so anybody next to you start snoring, just wake them up. 
I was going to get Brent to hit his symbol or something with a big amen, but he would do it, so I don't want him to. <laughs> All right, so pray with me. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you as our children. We cry, Abba, Father. Please listen to our hearts, Lord, I pray in the holy name of Jesus. Thank you even now that Jesus is interceding for us. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is fixing my words before they even hit your ears. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is praying things that we don't even know to pray or ask for. Praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for those carrying a burden right now of health problems in any way. If it's somebody in this room, I think about James. I think about others, Father, that we know that are carrying problems right now dealing with their health. Burdens that have been going on for years and years and years. Or maybe you are that person that just got some bad news on Friday and you're waiting for tests. Whatever it may be, I, I'm, I'm praying for that person, Father, that, and the people that we pray for. They're dealing with pain in their lives every day. They don't, they don't know what to do anymore. They've gone to every doctor they know. Father, we need you to supernaturally intervene in the same way that you can and have and always will. Praise you, Lord, because nothing is impossible with you. Father, I pray right now for those who are struggling in their marriages. I pray for circumstances to change, Father, please, in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that we love and hold dear, that we are worried about. We're not even sure what's going on. We just know there's something different, something's going on, and, and we just want to pray for them. Father, break down the walls that have been erected over years of anger and resentment. Bring light, bring light, Lord, as only you can in that relationship so that love and forgiveness can replace con contempt, contempt and apathy. Father, thank you for what you're going to do in every circumstance there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our children. I pray that they'll hear your voice above every other voice in this world. Father, give them wisdom and discipline Give them understanding and energize them to do your will, your ways, your purposes in their lives. I pray, Father, in, in the name of Jesus, for those children who have rebelled against you. Draw them from darkness into light, just as you have drawn us. Draw them from darkness into light and save them. Put people in the sphere of their influence, Father, who are going to see you for your sake, for your glory. Father, I pray for those who are having financial burdens right now. I know they're working as hard as they can to put food on the table and gas in the car. Father, I pray that you will ease this burden as they face that multitude of, of just every day doing the, the demands that keep coming every day of life to your glory, Father. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you will break any strongholds of addiction any strongholds of addiction. Father, we, we pray for those who are dealing with depression. We pray for those who are dealing with anxiety disorders. Father, release the hold of the enemy over them. Release the hold of the enemy over them in the name of Jesus. We come to you. We seek you to rescue them, Father. This is a huge, heavy burden and a tool of the instrument, uh, instrument of the enemy, Father. 
And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for those in our lives who don't know Jesus. Father, please help us to live our lives in a way that demonstrates Jesus. Help us to be out, able to pour out your love and your grace and your mercy. Help us to be living testimonies. Father, I pray, I think about the woman at the well, that when she went back to town, everybody believed. They knew she had changed. It was not just her words. She, they knew she had been with Jesus. I think about when Jonah was in Nineveh, and he spoke five words in this wicked, wicked, wicked country. The country, the old country repented. And Lord, show us, show us what to say. Show us what to do. We're at a loss with that sometimes. Father, I know that there are so many burdens right now that others are carrying. I'm going to ask you for a wall of fire of protection around all of us. Father, I know the enemy is going to stir all of that up, all of that thinking about that. Some Some things we've buried so far deeply because we've given up. And Father, I just pray for that wall of fire of protection around us against the schemes of the evil one against us. I pray for deliverance and provision in every instance. Father, now to you who are able to do abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine, we give you glory in the name of Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. In the Lion King, the story uh, at the time when little Simba and Nola had gotten out of bounds and uh, they'd gotten in a place where the coyotes were, were moving in. Remember that little, that little scene? And remember Simba got in there and he, he was the, he, you know, they were taunting him. Oh, look at the king, look at the king. And, you know, what are you doing now? And, and just making fun of him and closing in. And they knew, they knew they were doomed. And so Simba takes a breath and he's going to give it all he's got. But what comes out is more like a And then he tries it again. And this time what comes out is this roar that just bounces off the walls of the canyon. And he leaps. He sees his father, Mufasa, leap into the middle and scatter the hyenas. And Nola and Simba were able to escape and get away. See, he didn't know. Little Simba didn't know his daddy, his father, had been standing right behind him the whole time. And he knew what was going on. He had his eye on him. And he was ready to, to defend him to the death if need be. Well, you and I know that we have a mighty line of Judah, Jesus, our Jesus, our Savior, our sacrificial lamb, who is right now, he's finished his work. He is at the right hand of God, and he is interceding for you and me right now. Whatever our burdens are, ready to defend, he has rescued us, he has saved us. And you know what? Jesus knows what it's like to face a multitude. He knows what it's like to be scared. He knows what it's like to be burdened. He knows what it's like. And, he, and we've watched him trust God, even the obedience that he made. That was for you and me. That was for you and me in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he went through that, that we were able to see him human, but all God, all human, all God. And it, Jesus is standing right with us today. And as we go around these communion tables today, do we have communion tables? There's that one. 
Do we have another one? There's that one over there. Good. So what I want you to do, there's not many of us, just go find a table and gather around. Our shepherds are going to come over with you and pray with you. So you are dismissed now to go to the tables. God bless you.